Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of Badass Direct Sales Mastery. I'm your host, Jenny Bellinger, helping you whip your business into shape. Today, I have the most amazing guest for you guys. You're not even going to believe who it is. It's Mark Victor Hansen. Now, some of you may be going, who? And some of you may be absolutely ecstatic right now. So those of you who are wondering about Mark Victor, let me tell you a little bit about him and then we'll get him right in on the show. So along with his business partner, Jack Canfield, Hansen is best known for creating what Time Magazine called the publishing phenomenon of the decade. Chicken Soup for the Soul books are one of the most successful publishing franchises in the world today, with more than 500 million books sold internationally and more than 100 licensed products. The name Chicken Soup was chosen because of the use of chicken soup as a home remedy for the sick. The first Chicken Soup book, published by Health Communications Incorporated, sold more than 2 million copies. Now there are over 500 million copies in print and 54 languages worldwide. Now here is why I think you guys wanna pay attention to what Mark Victor has to say today, which is this. In 2004, he was inducted into the Sales and Marketing Executive International Hall of Fame and received the Ambassador of Free Enterprise Award. He is also the recipient of the 2004 Visionary Philanthropist for Youth Award by Covenant House of California. Mark, thank you so much for taking time to be here on the show today. I'm so excited to talk with you. Me too. I've, you know, I've done well in a couple MLMs. One, I became a presidential and they, we did $3 million earnings in one year. And they said, well, what do you want? I said, I want a Rolls Royce Silver Cloud 3. And they gave it to me. <laughs> I don't blame them. I don't blame them at all. And the reason that you and I were connected today is because you and your wife have recently co-written a new book out now called Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Destiny. And by the way, I gotta say, I love the color. Great color choice of going with a purple cover. I mean. <laughs> well, well, as you know, purple is the top of the electromagnetic spectrum and, and my wife is responsible for helping the publisher do this great cover, but it is, uh, it fits and it fits everybody in this industry because if you learn to ASK, you G-E-T and we say, ask is obviously ask, seek and, and knock which you got to knock on enough doors or call enough people with metaphorical knock. I and mean, then get means uh, G gain every treasure. And, and the beautiful thing about this industry that you're talking to predominantly is that everybody can get in it. It's basically a low cost right now. Everybody better have a backup plan. And this is the best backup plan on the planet. Cause it's an easy entry. Just find the company that makes your heart sing and then go do exceedingly well and take massive action to get massive right result right here, right now. And I, we can go through all the specifics, but the point is because Elon Musk, who's my hero, laid off 10% of the people, the 10% of his people would not come back to work because they said, well, we don't need to be in your office. And he, and he 
took pictures of him out fishing and goofing off. So he fired 10%. Well, that gives permission for all the banks to fire people that won't come back to work. Like, you know, they had a second in command of Bank of America, a close friend. And, and he said, my 40-story building is empty. The people won't come back. Well, you're probably not working as hard at home or you're paying attention to your dog or your kids or your grandkids. Mm-hmm. And you're probably not doing it. And you're always be being told the polite word is they get to graduate from this company. Mm. <laughs> Well, and if they graduate, they better have a second backup because there's pretty soon the government can't give a free lunch because we've way overspent inflation money. Oh, so, yeah. And, and better business is there than, than becoming, have time, money, interest, and purpose freedom than the network marketing industry. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, I absolutely love, number one, that you shared your own experience that you've done this yourself. Um, I actually had the opportunity to interview Jack, your business partner, last year. And when he shared the same thing, I was like, guys, this is credibility for our industry because this is this is an industry that many of us feel has a negative perception. And so by having names like Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen and all the other amazing people who are also so jumping in with network marketing, MLM, direct sales, it helps give us a little validity, you know, for people whose names aren't as well known, right? So in terms of the book, Ask, let's head in this direction now, because I, I love what you said. You have to ASK to GET, which is right. so completely true. But let's start with the why. Why write the book about asking? Well, Chris and I have been blessed to go to 80 countries, talk to 7 million people live. We meet great people, wonderful people, educated people, good attitude. But the one failing all of them have, the difference in little success and vast success, one thing only, they know how to ask. And luckily, my whole success is that I, I knew how to ask. I'm nine years old, and my dad was born in Denmark, as you may know the story, and was a little baker. But it took us back because he wanted to show us how rough it was in socialism. I am totally a capitalist. Which means I, you know, I want to create massive value for people and and then merchandise it. But the the point is, I wanted a racing bicycle. And I didn't. It didn't compute that Dad didn't have the kind of money. The bike I wanted was in today's dollars twelve thousand dollars. And you know, he you don't make any money at five cents a roll. I'm not besmirching Dad. Dad loved my brothers and myself and mom. The, the fact of the matter is. I'm reading Boy Scout Life magazine, sending greeting cards on consignment. I did not know that that was going to be a part of my vocation. I am I am a master salesperson, as you said. I've won the award and all that. Anyhow, I get these greeting cards, and I read the word consignment, and they gave it to me. I sold it. So now remember, this. what city do you live in? I'm in St. Louis. Oh, okay. So you know, there's a little bit of snow there. Now, yeah. Up in Illinois, where I was next on Lake Michigan, the snows are deep. Oh, yeah. It's November. And, uh, you know, I'd ring the doorbell and the neighbors and smile. My mother said, be polite to everybody you meet. And, were, and it worked so well that I said, I'm earning my own bicycle. I'm, I got a red, cold face, big furry mitt. And my little older brother had given it to me. And I went like this. And the women always said, oh, come in and let me blow your nose. And I thought, oh, great. And then I say, I'm earning my own bicycle. Would you like to invest in one box of Christmas cards or two? And I sold 376 boxes of Christmas cards in one month's time, which you know, dad took half that money. It says going in your college fund, which not being educated, he couldn't explain why that was going to be a great value to me. But uh, I, I earned enough money to buy the bicycle come spring. So it was great. Good knees. He said pride of ownership always follows pride of ownership. So you can have it if you earn it, son, which is 
been true my whole life. And it's that's what I love about this industry, because you can go as far and fast as you want if you'll work hard, think a lot, and ask a lot. I definitely believe that to be true. As I was reading through the book, because you were kind enough to send me a copy, as I was reading through it, each time I hit a certain story or a, one of the concepts that you covered as to why people don't ask or how to move into asking, it would make me think of a time in my life where I had asked, which is why I've hit where I am today. The, the questions that I've asked my entire life trajectory started with me asking the universe after hearing 18 rejections, trying to get back into the world of teaching after I had left to have my oldest child. I said, okay, universe, fine. If not teaching, what? And two days later, an invitation to a direct sales event showed up in my mailbox back when, you know, you actually got mail in your mailbox. And so that started that whole thing. Cause then I think had I not asked the question, I wouldn't have been open to the event. Yeah. And it is, it is a wonderful main occupation or side occupation and, and the, uh, the, Additional benefits are, number one, you get to meet yourself. Number two, it is the best self-help uh, education business, whether it's myself or Jim Rowland or any one of the greats teaching it. You get to meet a lot of people. You get to tra they, you get travel a lot. Now, now post-COVID, people, I guess, are traveling again on these great trips. Yeah. I mean, I, I was taken around the world lots of different times and places. So I, I've only got good things to say about the industry. Oh, that's amazing. So as as you think about people who are in the industry now, let's say we've got someone listening who's just getting started. What right. are what are some of the questions you would recommend that they start asking? Well, first of all, they got to be a product of the product. I mean, they've got to use whatever it is, whether it's a, a lotion or a potion or a notion or a vitamin or an herb or, you know, whatever it is. And there's insurance companies doing it. There's all kinds of stuff. And, it, you know, um, but then what you do, the first thing you do, and I got to put on my glasses so I can see anymore, close up. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you go to your contacts, there's a fascinating thing that happens. If you go to your contacts and, and you go straight through contacts all the way to the bottom, right? You just scroll to the bottom. It tells you how many you've got. Now, I want to talk to that in a couple of different ways because your contacts are great. You can see I got 11,000 contacts of people that are really known. Because you need to keep doing that. The average person with an average funeral or an average wedding only knows 250 people and they invite them and 100 people come out. I say never eat breakfast or lunch alone if you're a business person or in this business. Because there's somebody you can take out to breakfast and, and you know, if you run your story by them, you can do it. And, and you know, I can take you through all that. But it just, the, the point is, is that you've got a lot more people to call on than you've ever thought and and. By and large, all these companies aren't limited in some, some are limited in the United States, some are international. Mm -hmm. But for most people here, they're going to be able to do, you know, 50 states, no problem, relatively speaking, instant shipping, you know, credit cards, squares, all that kind of stuff. So it works like that. And most of them pay on a monthly basis. So uh, today, cash flow is king or queen, whatever way you want to do it. I'm not going sure. to generalize that. <laughs> Yes. So the first question is, ask your phone, how many contacts do I have and how do I grow it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ask yourself, who is it that I'm going to call on tomorrow? And then make sure you you don't have to believe you've got the confidence to call three people every day. But believe that, that you, Jenny and me, Mark Victor Hansen, believe that you can do it. 
So now you, we've been empowered. We've bolstered you. And we're telling you, you've got to image. So you figure out what you want. Number two, you put it in writing. Who are you going to call? Number three, you visualize that it's going to go well and that they're going to take the call and say, boy, you are my savior. Just like when you couldn't go back to teaching and couldn't get the job you wanted. And, and teaching is a very noble thing. One of our five daughters teaches. So we're very, she's special ed and the kids all love her, actually. And she also flips houses. So God bless her because you can't make enough teaching anymore, which is a tragedy because so that, that's not today's topic. The point is you get to visualize that that person's going to answer it. They're going to be responsive. They're going to meet with you. And if you really do it, see, then you got to see yourself doing your product presentation so well. And let me just give you an example. And the way I would say it is you always do it with a story because everybody listens to the story. So you say, let me tell you a story. That is the perfect opening line. Everybody hears a story. So I'm doing training in a, in a um, mortgage business years ago for Deborah Jones, who ultimately became very big in the company I was with in Rich International, but uh, she and her husband, Doug, but she had mortgage superstars. We'd ski and teach in Aspen. And then a week later, she had so many people, thousands go with us down to part of the yard, but we're out on a boat. And, and she says, my son, this is let me tell you a story. It hasn't goes to the bathroom. He's six years old, Andy, once every uh, 10 days. And the doctor says, that's normal. I said, no, 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 no. Our company sells light fiber. Uh, you, men need 50 grams a day. Women need 35 grams adults a day. And uh, I said, I got some stuff back in the room. As soon as we finish eating, come back to the room. Let's bring Andy over to, to my room on this boat we were out. And she said, God, it looks like sand. I said, well, watch this. She said, are you sure it's okay? I said, look, I'll drink it. He'll drink it. Next morning, little Andy comes knocking at the door. And at six in the morning, wakes me up and said, Uncle Mark, Uncle Mark, it was that long. The, the point is his peristaltic motion had worked. And obviously, Deborah got into it. And, and she started getting against Ridland and all kinds of stuff. And built a giant, she built a downline under me of like 4,000 people with her husband, Doug, and they got a brand new Jaguar. And, you know, it just went on and on and on. But once you would tell an enrollment story that's so subtle that they can relate to like that, because mm -hmm. I said, everybody's got to, you know, if you're going to have three choo-choo trains of food going in, you need three choo-choo trains of food going out. You just memorize all these little one-liners that snap like that. And they're automatic because you've got to, you figure out what you want, who you're going to talk to. Then you visualize the story to realize it. And then you say, look, I want you to be my colleague, my partner, my associate, my master, my partner in this business. The fourth point where two of us together, you know, roll up our sleeves and we go create an empire together. And that's obviously what Deborah and I did. And we had nothing but Deborah ran up more. Her husband, Doug, was the inside guy. She was the outside person. And just it rocked. I would definitely agree. That was a method that I used in my own business was to, you know, know who I was talking to, you know, and ask permission, you know, to tell the story, you know, hey, can I ask you something? Can I tell you something? You know, there was a lot of permission based selling that I did. It was always asking, you know, may I, may I show you my product? May I talk with you about the compensation plan? May, you know, when you ask, people are much more willing than if you just try and jump in and shove it down their throats, right? What's the reasoning behind why asking works? Well, we're saying you get to ask in three levels, and we'll also show about the seven ways that we get rejected with asking, but you got to ask yourself, mm -hmm. ask others, and ask God. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm bankrupt 1974. I'd been building spherical buildings made out of triangles. I'd been with the smartest guy on the planet, Bucky Fuller, who invented them. But I'm building a Wall Street Record Club, Botanica Gardens, Aviaries, and I'm smoking. 
but I was building out of plastic, which is basically oil. It's PVC, polyvinyl and the Monsanto cut me off. So I'm doing forty thousand dollars of product in a month. I thought I was a big deal. To me, I was a zero. From them, their point, I was a zero. So. I went bankrupt so fast I had to check a book about the world's biggest library, New York Public Library, how to go bankrupt by yourself. Now, I asked, oh my God, what if I go bankrupt? The next day I'm in the library checking out a book, how to go bankrupt by yourself. So if you ask the wrong questions, you go south. Mm. If you ask the right questions, you go metaphorically north, right? You're bullish rather than bearish. And right now we're going into a bearish economy. Anybody who doesn't believe that's not paying attention to the news, right? Do I want that? Heck no. But 25% of the people during that depression made more money than ever. 75% bought into the wrong thing, which if you're not inundating your head with positivity, reading self-help action books, and I've written 318 books, sold over a half billion books, and I'm writing more, um, and, and in the zone that I'm in, then you know, you're, you've got to shut off the news. Just pretend it didn't exist. Do not read the Wall Street Journal. Don't exactly. Am I telling the truth? Oh, yes. I quit watching the news in January of 2017 when I launched this business, this coaching business, because I was like, I don't have time for that negativity in my life. I don't miss it. I don't miss it. And trust me, you get enough of the really important nuggets from social media. <laughs> so exactly. Exactly. So you, but if, you get what you think about. So if you ask yourself to think positive thoughts, you get positive results. The size of your questions, the size of your roles. And, and let me just, I hit on, on my own story about, so I'm bankrupt and I am um, living out in Hicksville, Long Island, New York, not a really good place, $100 a month, so you can see it wasn't high styling. And I'm, I'm a sleeping bag in front of another guy's room for six months. And and one night I asked God, right? I say, okay, Big G, what's the deal here? Do you want me to kill myself because I lost all this money and I'm a schmo? Or what do you want? And instead, God is interesting. That still inner voice says, no, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I want to talk to people that care about things that matter, that make a life transformative difference. Next morning, I go to my three roommates and, at breakfast and I say, guys, you know anyone young that I could relate to that's not uh, cotton top, not a Broadway star, not a celebrity, a lawyer or a doctor. And the guy said, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, here, here's my ticket. Um, go out to the Hawpaw, that was like 30 minutes away, Long Island, New York. And this guy's talking, it's 10 years older than you, but he's phenomenal. Well, I get out there and he's talking to 500 people that are talking in an industry that's upside down. They got a 28% interest. Now, right now we got about a six or seven percent interest on real estate. So you can see nothing was moving. He yeah. made him laugh. He made him joke. He was funny. Chip Collins is light and bright. So I go up to him at the end. And I asked him, I say, I'm Mark Victor Hansen. I'd like to, may I ask you to go to lunch with me? He said, what do you want, kid? I said, I want to ask you to teach me how to do the business. He said, look, kid, chance you're making this. What is a voice is burnt out? One in a thousand, you ain't going to make it. I said, let me decide that. So long story short, he became my best friend. My mastermind partner were two get together at the power of 11. A third new invisible mind was created. But uh, he told me exactly what to do if I'd stay out of real estate. And at the time I did because he thought he owned the five boroughs, which is impossible. I mean, that's 18 million people. Anyhow, you can't do that. But I did the life insurance business and did little meetings and then, you know, did really well. I was doing it. The only Tony Robbins I ever did were so crazy. We did four meetings a day, a thousand meetings a year for the first three years, right? We both teach you a big mass of action. We didn't know each other at that time. I'm a little older than Tony, not much, but a little bit. Anyhow, so it was amazing. People kept saying, do you have that story in a book? I got to bring it to my wife or my company or my business. So 
first book I did was called Stand Up, Speak Up, Win. I've got a copy here somewhere I can show you if you need to see it. Anyhow, I sold 20,000 copies from the platform, made $200,000. Today, that, remember, this is 1974. Today, that's like $2 million. Yeah. I bought a brand new Chrysler Cordova car with white Corinthian leather. I was smoking again. And <laughs> one thing I didn't do enough is, is write enough books fast enough, but I've caught up now, I think. Oh, my goodness. So that's what got you started on the book path. Um, yeah. How has asking continued to add to your life? Okay, so when Jack and I, we meet, and we just had a Vulcan mind meld. And uh, Jack is a superstar from Harvard, as you know. He, he's very humble, but he was third in his class at Harvard. Really? Which means, you know, of the best kids in school, you know, go to Harvard. And then, you know, Dr. Canfield is excessively bright. But the truth is, inside, he's shy. Now, I say that because Zig Ziglar was also, would tell you, and he and I did a lot of seminars together. Uh, would say he's an introvert, but he asked himself, could he go out and be a performer? And most performers, Denzel Washington, all of them are, when you're with them privately, like I have been, they're quiet, generally speaking, but on the stage, they become flamboyant. They, and that's what everyone has to do here, whether you're an introvert, expert, or omnivore, you got to put on a sales hat, put on a sales persona, put on, and tell yourself you're the master before you become the master maestro. Or miss, master mistress, I guess it would be, if that's the right female of that. And if I'm not doing it right, I apologize. Anyhow, so it's amazing, you know, and I, I built this institution. So when Jack and I got together, we're going to do, you know, chicken soup for the soul. And uh, 144 publishers turned us down when we first did it. And then a little publisher did it. And when we asked, uh, Health Communications, like you said, and this is a 20th anniversary issue, which I got the first story about how I asked to get my wife, which I'll tell you that in a second if you're interested. But um, yeah. 144 publishers, they really all said, Jack, I didn't say this, but they really said, hit the road, Jack. <laughs> 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 I, I just, I couldn't resist. I love that line. They're like me. They just didn't like Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> Jack is totally lovable. He's a great, he great is. Guy. And we basically worked together 20 years. Anyhow, but the truth is, I am the outside salesman since I was nine years old. Like I said, I love asking, you know, and I teach the way to be rejection proof. All of you got to listen and memorize this four letter clean word, N-E-X-T, next. Next. Because somebody's going to buy chicken soup. Now, obviously, we got it. And, but everybody was saying, well, that isn't going to work if we're Random House, for God's sake. And I talked to the head of Random House today, a curious thing about another book we've just written on. Reverend Mike, the biggest black minister ever, which just wrote his biography from Wishes to Riches, which would be out probably in January with them. But, um, but Random House says, we know short stories don't sell, or we'd sell short stories. No, this isn't short stories. Did you read my byline that says heart-touching, soul-penetrating stories? I wrote yeah. that. You know, and that's what it is. And and the people that read it, you know, loved it. A half billion people in the world can't be wrong. I mean, we even sold 374 million in China, for God's sakes. Yes. I mean, that I remember my mom bringing the first version of that book home and she read it and she immediately gave it to me because I was a voracious reader in high school as well. And I remember reading that one and then the chicken soup for the soul too. And then did it like, 
I got to the point where when I went off to college, so then now poor college kid, right? Not a lot of money. I'd go to the the college library and I'd check out chicken soup for the nurse's soul and chicken soup for the firefighter soul, even though I wasn't a nurse, even though I wasn't a firefighter, because I just loved the stories. They were incredibly inspirational, motivational, like they were heart touching. And so when I wanted to read something that wasn't a psychology textbook, <laughs> I went and got those at the library. So it thank you. Absolutely. No, I no, thank you. <laughs> I I really am because let me tell you. Okay, this is something that that a few people have heard me say when I found out that I was going to get to interview Jack Canfield last year, I felt like I was going to get to talk to Santa Claus. When I found out when when Tom Chenault connected you and I, I went, "Oh my gosh, and now I got the Easter bunny. How did this happen?" <laughs> like I, I, yeah, exactly. I feel like a little girl who like got to got to talk to the real Santa Claus and the real Easter Bunny, and they're both as amazing as everybody thinks they are. <laughs> so it really, honestly, and I'll stop fangirling now so we can continue with the interview. But <laughs> so going through and asking, you know, as you were saying, you know, asking, and we also have to get to the how you asked for your wife because I, I got to know about that story in just a minute. So asking was. 144 times rejected 144 well you actually asked 145 rejected right. 144 um what kept you guys going through all of that well we we were both speaking now jack was teaching you know he had written a book called how to um, 101 ways to raise your self-esteem in a classroom i don't know if you know but he was doing the educational thing and he even gave me the golden apple as a the greatest teacher of the year uh, held in 1989, but or something like that, way back in prehistoric days. Anyhow, and I was doing business by this time. I'm I'm doing major corporations, and and I'm on the board of a couple of companies, and it's great. And I'm I'm just I'm thrilled. But we kept every time we said this book is going to sell, we brought a little order form, and I said, look, I'm not going to take your money today. And I was doing the church marketplace, which I do the mega churches, and I love them. I said. Just fill this. Don't take out of the church money. Whatever you're going to tie to the church, tie to the church. But this book's going to cost $10 at the time. It was the right price. Now it's 14 But if you'll fill out your name, address, phone, or put your credit card, I'll take it. When the book comes out, I promise Jack and I, Dr. Canfield, I'll sign a book to you. We'll send it to you. You'll get it. You're going to be the first. Because you've loved the stories I've told during that thing. This is the book that you've got to have. And we had 20,000 orders, which is what we had to have to get HCI to take us. Because he said... You guys got to buy 20,000 copies of $6 each, or I won't take it. Now, the reason he was doing that is not that he didn't like us. I don't think he liked the book, cried over his silk shirt. He said, what we didn't know at the time, he was $17 million bankrupt. His publishing company had stopped working. Because publishing is really yeah. a you know, feast and famine business, sort of like this business. And right now, I'm saying that while other businesses are going to be in famine, this industry is going to be in feast. And by the way, I, I've never thought this. And, and if somebody's out there wants to go start an MLM, there's a couple I think they ought to start. But one of them they ought to start is uh, preppy delivery, uh, just because, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be able to get food delivered. And that would be like a kick-ass business right now. A mm. badass business. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. So that's what kept you guys going, was knowing that you were getting orders from people. You knew you had the order, so you were able to then turn around and... and yeah, Say, hey, we've got it. Yeah, and we just couldn't get distribution. And now, if we'd been really smart, oh, and there's another two parts to this. One is 
our agent fire us. And boy, that's costing tens of millions of dollars over a lifetime. Uh, number one. And, and number two is that then when we're selling, I want a couple of these stories, if you don't mind, we're selling, because it's about asking, is we're selling 20000 a week, which means we should be number one, like these signs say, we're number one New York Times. And the lady wouldn't let us in. And I said, Jack, you know her. She went to Harvard. She was in your class, pal. You call her because you, you know, yeah. when you're in small classes for four years, you know everybody, right? right. And, yeah. and Harvard is, you, you know, it's it's, it's it, shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. 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 I didn't go. I went to a school with 64,000 kids and student body president, all that crap. So I was known, but I didn't know who the hell they were, except for a few people that were close to me and the president of the university. Anyhow, so different, totally different situations. And I, public school, it was great. And I loved her. Anyhow, this lady, he says, oh, I'd be afraid. I said, oh, God, okay, let me call her. So I call her up. And I say, you know, uh, we're selling more books than anybody, and we should be number one right now. And she says, we're the New York Times. And with disdain and arrogance, she says, we don't take multi-authored books. Like, that was going to put me in my place. She was thinking she was the first one ever to reject me. And I remember I said, N-E-X-T. <laughs> next lady yep I said, you're sure she said i am positive i said madam the bible which i did do alone i did chicken soup with the soul bible i can show you a picture of it if you want but is is uh i said the bible's got 66 books now if we add maps it's 720 she said boy you're in next week <laughs> <laughs> so 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 you've got to be able to ask questions and know that you're going to get objections because the, the old guys, I read every sales book that existed up to one time, like Dale Carnegie, and, and, and the sale begins when they object. And what you got to do is be able to go over, under, around, or through their objection. And now, just because some of you say, well, that's easy for you, but it's easy for everyone once you get the mindset that I can handle the objection. And let me, can I jump way high and go to Elon Musk for a second? Yeah. So Elon Musk is building cars like crazy in California. He's since moved from there because of all kinds of silliness going on. Anyhow, they say, you've got to stop building cars. Now, an average person that didn't ask himself, how do I keep to build cars, would go out of business. And that's what people did during COVID, confinement, cocoon. He instead says, well, what does the world need? Well, they need respirators at the moment, and they can't make them fast enough at 3M. So he calls up the head of 3M and said, look, just send me the architecture. I got the 3D printing. I got the metal. I got 90,000 employees. We'll just make them for you. I'll take 50%. You take 50%. We're all happy campers. Now, that got him to open his doors because we needed respirators. Except while he was making his respirators, can you believe it? He made 90,000 cars and became the richest man in the world. And GM and Ford and Toyota's not making any cars. Because ladies and gentlemen, you got to ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And he just asked, how could I be the solution and not the problem? Because people mm-hmm. are going to give you problems. People are going to give you objections. People are going to say, if that book would sell, we hear Rand House or Simon & Schuster, all of whom turned us down, we would have done it. Well, no, they wouldn't because they don't see what you see because what you visualize, realize will materialize if you hold fast to it. Oh, yes. So... One of the things that I know about you is that you also have a cause that is near and dear to your heart. And this is something that I talk about with my clients and I've talked about on the podcast before. Part of your business should have 
you should have a cause. You should have something that that matters to you that you you share and ask people and let people know that this is something that you know matters to you and is part of your business. So I'd love to give you the opportunity to talk a little bit about the cause that is near and dear to your heart that is part of your your life that that matters to you. Yeah. So exactly. Let's do the biggest frame though. The biggest frame when you're asking yourself. What freedom do you want? We well, got to have money freedom, mm-hmm. buy off time freedom. Mm. So you can have money freedom gives time freedom gives. So you can go after your destiny freedom. And I, I believe with what we're teaching and ask is that everybody's got a destiny code, right? You got a destiny code from the minute you were born. Yeah. And your job is to find it. The only way you can find it is you get two copies of the book. Go over it with either your spouse and you, your best friend and you, your mastermind partner. Church, temple, ashram, mosque, partner. I don't care who you go over it with. And and we're finding that it yesterday I was on a gigantic Catholic show and, and they said, Well, now parents that are 45 have got to take both pair of their grandparents and their great-grandparents, plus their kids get six kids through college, this guy was saying. And I said, then good, get the book and, and add there's 178 questions in there and go over all of them verbally and then put them in writing and you'll find out what your destiny is, because everyone's got this destiny code. Because that goes to point number four that you're making is what freedom are you going to be on purpose about that makes a difference? Yeah. And I, I happen to, we tithe in every book. And I did write a book called The Miracle of Tithing, which businessmen say, what's a miracle of tithing? And I said, <laughs> you haven't been tithed enough lately, pal. But <laughs> the reason, if asked, why do you and Jack sell more books? Saying, well, we tithe in every book to a different charity. Mm-hmm. Right. Like last year, my wife and I were chairman of, of Child Hope, which has helped 11 million kids get out of neglect and abuse. It's run by the sweetest two little old 84 year old women in the world. And they're in our book, Ask. We did the story with Cyril Marin and Yvonne Federson, because I don't know if you're old enough to remember who Bob Hope was, but they were on yes. the Bob Hope USO tour. And, you know, they're doing all the troops and making them sing and dance. And, and they're in, in a wonderful hotel in, in Japan right after World War II. And, you know, it's raining and there's a tornado. Uh, what do they, they don't, call, they got a different name than we do, but uh, hurricane winds, um, a tsunami. No, not a tsunami. A, um, anyhow, they're having a bad weather, really bad weather, and they're not supposed to go out, but they can't stand being in. So they go out on the street and they see these 11 kids shivering to death, Ivana and Sarah. And they said, What happened? Are you guys? And they looked in their little Japanese English dictionary and said, Where's mama's son? Say, No mama's son, no papa's son. They got killed in the war. And these kids were, I'm going to be careful. This is now a racist term, I'm told. But it, hapahales is what they called it back in the 1950s, early 51. And that meant you're half, you're probably a military uh, guy. Oh, yeah. Military guy didn't know he impregnated the woman. And, you know, he just did what he didn't left. So okay. these two women take these 11 kids back to the Ritz-Carlton. And people are sneaking them up food. And they bathe them and they clothe them. And, and the general says, you can't take them back to America. I don't know what you're thinking you're going to do. So they went around to every orphanage and they kept asking and asking, asking for help. One little lady said, look, if, if you could have somebody fix up my orphanage, then I could take those 11 kids and then maybe we can get them adopted. And I don't mind that they're half uh, white. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, there's another term for it. And I just, I, I didn't plan on telling this story, but it's needed here. So they, they go back to the military and they said, we want to perform one more time. Well, of course, the military guys are never going to turn down two absolutely beautiful women, one of whom was dating Elvis Presley, Yvonne Federson, and 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 several They're just tremendous performers and great human beings. And so they said, okay, now 
we got 11 orphan kids here and, and either you or your colleagues help breed these kids and nobody's going to take care of them. Tomorrow, we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're all going to go together and we're going to rebuild this orphanage and make it big enough for these 11 kids. Americans are the givingest, greatest, most wonderful people in the world. I know if there's listened to internationally, you're going to go, well, that's not necessarily true. We do some bad stuff, but we do some really good stuff mm -hmm. and more good stuff than bad stuff. And, and they built the whole orphanage in three days. Then, then all of a sudden they said, well, we got to take these kids back. And they called. I know the next part of the story won't even be believable, even honest to me, but they called, long story short, Nancy and, and Ron Reagan are governor, but they're close friends because they're all in Hollywood. They're all in movie stars. They're all, you know, and right. Bob Hope says, well, we'll fly them on the jet. We'll get them back. And then Ronald Reagan is governor by this time and says, well, we'll just, here, I'll give you the first 25,000. Let's get them all adopted because we shouldn't have any kids that are, you know, without love and without parents. So when you learn to ask and, and, they stumbled onto something they had learned how to ask. And now since then they've learned how to ask because to run this organization, take care of all just the orphans we got in America costs 50 million a year. So you can see that we have to do some big asking events. And, and luckily I've got pretty big boots, so I don't mind if people reject me. I go, <laughs> I'm gonna handle this because I know I'm I'm not doing it. When I ask people yeah. for money and ask them to help build these things for these orphan kids. It's not for me. It's, it's right. for the kids. I'm not, I don't need anything. I'm, my future days are paid for because I learned how to ask. And that's what I want everyone out there to learn. Back to what you said is you're here to do something colossally important. God gave you a coded life assignment. And, and some of you are listening. And I'm going to tell you, you don't believe me. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Watch on YouTube. Watch my videos on YouTube, of course, and Crystal, my wife. But also watch the stuff on near-death experiences. Because mm. one university, Duke University, did a study with 20,000 people that died, went to the other side and came back. Some of them were brain dead for six and a half hours, and they still came back into physical form, which is technically not supposed to be possible if you listen to any normal doctor. Your right. cardiac arrest, your brain shuts off, you're bye-bye. Yeah. Anyhow, every one of them came back. Every one of them said the same thing. Now, whoever their spiritual leader was, whether it was in, if you're Christian, Christ, if you're Buddha, Buddha, you know, whoever it was. Right. They all came back. And on the other side, that light being the archangel or whomever said, your job is not done. you got to go back. And every one of them had seen the bigger light and bigger sound and better everything and didn't want to leave. But they said, no, you didn't do your life assignment. So some people are out there suffering. They're hanging on by their fingernails and say, what the hell am I doing? Why am I alive? Why don't I just kill myself? If you kill yourself, you're going to end up getting there and having to come back. So the point is, you might as well figure out what you're doing. And if you need the money. Go make an industry, an empire out of out of whatever network marketing company you're with, because most of them are really good. They do a great job. They've got great products. The prices are fair. And, and a lot, a lot of people win because there's an upline, a sideline, a support line, the company line, all kinds of lines. Oh, yeah. I, that's that's why I decided to go into coaching in this industry, because there's I, I'm such a big believer in what it did for me and my life and, and my family that ugh, how could I not support this industry and help elevate it through all of this? So I don't want to keep you too much longer because I so appreciate the time that you have been here to share with us. What is next for you? What's the next book? What's going on in your life next? Well, <laughs> I, 
first of all, I, I, like I've said here, you got to ask yourself, what do I really want? That's the most critical thing on today's lecture. Number two is you've got to put it in writing and you got to write at least 101 goals. And that's like a good beginning. And I was just on the biggest podcast in Europe and I never met this guy. Physically, I guess I did meet him when I was in Europe talking to 7,000 people, but I didn't know he's in the audience. Right. I, I mean, you know, I don't go out and shake 7,000 hands. It's not <laughs> fun, whatever. Anyhow, so this guy, we're on this podcast. We start the podcast and he said, uh, you goal shamed me. And I said, I'm sorry. What do you mean I goal shamed? He said, you should write 101 goals. And my mentor said, you have five goals. Well, last year I hit four out of five. So I had 90%. You come along and say, you ought to write 101 goals and never cross them out. I got the milk. I got the eggs. I got the butter. Write down victory in God's highest color. And that's why I sign all my books in purple, right? And uh, all kind of purple pens. I got them like crazy. Anyhow, is a, and it's the cover of one of my books, The One Minute Millionaire, where I say, look, there's a million ways to make a million. There's one right, perfect, easy, acceptable way to use it. Anyhow, I wrote down 101 goals because you goal shamed me because I had five. Now I only hit 30% of them, but last year I made $30 million because of you. So I, you know, because you can write down anything. Right. And if you keep looking at it, believe it and feeling it, you know, mm-hmm. Neville, I said, you got to live in the assumption, the assumption, the assumption of the wish fulfilled and it will come to pass. You don't even have to know how it's going to come to pass. You say, I want to go sell this person into my network marketing company and he or she'll be the biggest, you know, supporter, the champion of the company and take me on, on the wings of eagles, so to speak. So you figure out what you want, write down 101 things, visualize it to realize it because you got to see it before you can have it. Now that's, and you've got to live in it. So I saw myself as the number one best-selling author. I cut out the New York Times where I interviewed the 101 best marketers in fiction, nonfiction, and I interviewed Scott Peck, who'd been to Road Less Travel and, and was at Harvard with Jack. Okay. And I whited out his name on the New York Times list, and I put Mark and Jack tickets over it. So, and I put it on the, my office wall, the mirror, Jack's office mirror, Jack's bathroom mirror, and my home bathroom mirror. So when you look and you do shave in a man or do makeup in a woman, you know, you look at that and you take ownership of it in advance. Mm-hmm. Now, some of you say, well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But look, the big guy said, pray as the thing for which you're praying has been received, has been received. So before you ask, you got to know you're going to get it. There's two parts to it. You got to ask, but you got to be willing to receive to make this thing work. So you got to put it in writing. 101 goals. You've got to be in writing. Figure out what you want. Write them down. Visualize, realize, and you got to have a team to get your dream because together everyone accomplishes miracles. And there's miracles that need to accomplish that you say, well, all I want to do is get three people in my downline this month or this week or this day, whatever you want. And once you got three a month, then you get three a week, then three a day, then three an hour. And pretty soon you learn to do group selling and you group enrollment and you get really good at it. And you, you know, I did a whole tapes on how to do all this kind of stuff it's on YouTube. So you can watch anything you want. I've got so because I really want I, look, everyone that's successful that I, I won the Horatio Algier Award, which is the highest award you can get in the Supreme Court, a gold medal, and all that. Benjamin came from rags to riches, been excessively philanthropic. The point is, I guess 570 of us have won this award. Ten of us get it a year at the Supreme Court, and you got to keep attending forever. We get all the at-risk kids to go to college. It's really good. And we help kids get to technical school. We help kids be entrepreneurs. The point that I'm making is that every one of those guys and ladies to a man or woman is excessively generous trying to help. So if you get with somebody that's already been there like you, and and they'll give you a hand up rather than a hand out. And and the line from my friend, John Paul DeJoria, which you know because of 
Paul Mitchell hair stuff, right? Yep. I, I, you see, I don't need that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and he well, also you know. did Patron liquor, but but he says, look, if you're super successful and you fail, and, and you're super successful and you're not giving, comma, then you're a failure. Isn't that mm. interesting? So everybody that's really successful has got to open up their heart, their soul, their mind, their giving, their pocketbook, and really help somebody else get going. And you know, to him, who much is given, much is required. So you and I are here to see how many people we can source and serve. Yeah. Because it, it's the you know Napoleon Hill and Think Grow Rich said the quantity of service, quality of service, with a positive mental attitude equals unlimited compensation. This is an industry that will give unlimited compensation if you're awake, alive, enthusiastic, tuned in, turned on, and decide to go to all the meetings, meet everybody wherever you can meet them, you know, and, and just go way out of your way to never have breakfast or lunch alone. Ah, that's a perfect circle right there, because I remember you said that at the beginning there. So, Mark Victor, thank you so much for being here. I so appreciate this. And Badass Crew, if you haven't gone and already ordered Ask, the bridge from your dreams to your destiny book, go get it right now. I'm more than halfway through it already myself in the last 24 hours i can't put it down my kids and my boyfriend have been <laughs> sitting there going are, are you done reading it no no i'm not done yet just you know so i can't wait to continue reading it because this is just my first read through my plan is to now go back through and then do the actual homework that you assign in Good. some of the sections because i'm just trying to get through I like to encompass the whole thing, see the whole big picture, and then go back through and get all the little nuggets again, all over again, because there's no way I'm going to remember that number of pages after one reading. It's just not going to happen. So Badass Crew, I highly recommend this book. Highly recommend this book, and I haven't even finished it yet, guys. So um, I will probably have to book club this with my clients for sure. So Mark Victor, thank you again for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Jane. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Badass Crew, you know how this goes. Stay tuned because there's another Badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.